Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to register for our next workshop coming up July 14th through the 16th in Colorado in the foothills of the majestic Rocky Mountains. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we're super excited to have back with us Dr. Julie Slattery. So, Julie, thank you so much for joining us again. My pleasure. And before we get started, listeners, I just want to let you know, as we do every now and then, that we're a listener-supported podcast. What this means is the way you're hearing our voices is because we've had faithful and generous partners come alongside of us and join in us financially and continuing to allow us to expand the reach of this broadcast. So if you'd like to learn about the ways that you can partner with us in that way, simply go to puresexradio.com and click on the Donate button. Well, Julie, I don't want to waste any more time because I really... I really want us to dig into kind of where we left off last time. We were talking about, um, I was asking you, hey, where do you get a person started? Where do you get somebody started when they're, you know, when, when a woman is saying, I've got, and she says whatever her presenting problem is, whether she's dealing with pornography or she's struggling with abuse from her past or any other kind of sexual brokenness aspect. And you had mentioned about really starting with, the idea of what God has in terms of wholeness and what does what does this idea of holy sexuality look like? And I think you could put that with b- both the H-O-L-Y as well as the W-H-O-L-L-Y, you know, the, the, yeah. the holy, the, the completeness of sexuality. And so let's try to really unpack that this time because I'd love for our listeners just to kind of get your insights and and I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm super excited about something you're working on right now with this whole concept of sexual discipleship. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just start wherever you want in that regard and just kind of take us through maybe a framework that can help people understand what you're talking about when you say start with wholeness and then then go from where you're at to to that place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I shared on the last episode that I grew up in the church and you know, had biblical teaching around sexuality, and he had even done ministry uh, around the issues of sexuality. But I would say probably about about six years ago, the Lord opened my eyes to an aspect of sexuality that I had kind of heard of before, but never really grasped the significance of. And that's the idea that sexuality is this holy metaphor of Christ's love for the church. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, again, if you go to church and you're familiar with the Bible, you're like, yeah, I've heard that before. You know, Ephesians chapter five talks about how the one flesh union between a husband and wife is, is in some ways teaching us about Christ and the church. But I began to really dive into what that means. Um, you know, John Piper, who is a pretty famous theologian, said the primary reason why we are sexual is to make God more deeply knowable. So if I were to ask you, what do you think the primary reason why we're sexual is? You'd give me all kinds of answers. You'd say um, because of pleasure, because it, that's how we make babies. Um, you know, or you might say, I don't even know why we're sexual. It doesn't make any sense to me, particularly maybe if you're a single man or woman, you're like my sexuality serves no purpose. But when we dig into what the scripture says and really look at the fact that from Genesis all the way through the Bible to Revelation, the scripture is teaching us that the covenant of marriage and the gift of sexuality is the spiritual picture uh, you know, it's this physical picture of a spiritual truth that God has this passionate love for us, that he gave his son for us, that he sacrificed for us, that he cleanses us, and that we are to be united with Christ uh, in a very intimate way. Then all of a sudden, when you talk about sexuality, you're talking about a whole different level of why it's important. And so, Jonathan, when I began to realize that in my own marriage, you know, I went from the perspective that I had of, yeah, sex is a kind of an important thing in marriage. It's important to my husband. And you know, let's try to make it the best it could possibly be to all of a sudden realizing that this was very sacred ground in my marriage, in my life, in my husband's life. And in various ways, the enemy had twisted that. And that God calls me as a woman, God calls me and my husband as a married couple to reclaim his original design for sexuality. That this is supposed to be something that's a celebration of covenant love, that's a reminder of covenant love. And even when you look at what, what goes wrong in sexuality, when someone's unfaithful to their spouse or when someone's engaging in pornography, that is the breaking of a covenant promise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even through the Bible in the Old Testament, we see God using that language for his people when they were unfaithful. He didn't just say, you know, you're committing idolatry by worshiping other gods. He said, you're a harlot. You know, you're a prostitute. You're an, you're an adulterer because you've broken covenant with me. And so that's a, a lot of the core from which our ministry is built on is helping people understand the spiritual significance of sexuality and why there is such an intense spiritual battle around it in our lives. How do you, you know, one of the things that first comes to my mind is how do you get a person to be able to receive that truth through what is almost certain to be a grid of their own shame and failure? Because I think what ends up happening is, is you're saying that, in my mind, I'm picturing all of the, you know, the the 14 plus years that we've been in ministry and all the thousands of, you know, men and couples that we've dealt with over the years who come to us with all of that brokenness. And I'm trying to picture their faces, mm -hmm. their body language, when this very hopeful and true and good positive message is being communicated because I wonder how can that connect? Because there's so many layers, so many times of shame and personal failure that yeah. they might say, Julie, that's great. 
nice, nice, you know, great little platitude, great idea of this ideal. But let's get real because my life is a mess, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think you've probably experienced this many times in your, in your practice is you can try to start with kind of the, the, the ideal picture, start with God's picture of this beautiful thing. And then the response can be, what does that matter to my life? Because I mean, I'm drowning in an affair. I'm looking at pornography or whatever else. So how do you help people make that connection without immediately dismissing it because of their own shame and failure? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, I think, Jonathan, when we start to feel that shame and failure, we're working from the framework of God wants me to live a holy life, and I'm trying, but I'm failing. And we discount two things. We discount Satan and the fact that this is an intense spiritual battle, and it's not just between me and God, that there's an enemy who wants to deceive and has deceived each of us in different ways. And the second thing that we don't account for is the fall. You know, we're told through scripture that we have a sinful nature and that at heart we are rebellious. And we might look it on the outside, but, you know, scripture says there's no one who does right, not even one. And when we discount Satan and we discount our sinful nature, we don't realize that for each one of us to live God's ideal is going to require redemption. That mm-hmm. Jesus didn't just come and die on the cross because he wants to invite us to heaven. You know, that's a big part of it. But Jesus came to die on the cross because he wanted to redeem broken lives. And if if you're trying to attain some kind of standard sexually or in any other way, apart from realizing that you can't do it and that you need the blood of Christ, you need the power of the Holy Spirit, you're just going to encounter um, shame and failure and defeat. Um, But when you start to intersect your story with the blood of Christ and why Jesus came and why the forgiveness of sins is so powerful and why he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, then you will start to see uh, transformation. Like I know you've seen in your life, Jonathan, and I know your story that God had to bring you to that place where you realized you couldn't do this on your own. You really needed to completely surrender to the Lord. And I think, you know, one of the, and maybe I don't want to get too far ahead here, but for me, one of the the b- biggest shifts that occurred in even just my personal journey from brokenness to wholeness was when I realized this wasn't, this wasn't nearly as much about my brokenness as it was about the grace and power and redemption of Christ. So in other words, as you, as you say, you know, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, there's this beautiful picture that is given to us over and over and over again of covenant. And mm-hmm. therefore that first institution of one man with one woman in a lifelong covenant was to be that, if I can put it this way, that fleshly picture all throughout that human picture, all the way throughout history to remind us ultimately to point back and say, we had a creator that decided to covenant with us. And so therefore yeah. this act that we engage in, in our marital union is a constant reminder of that covenant. So it wasn't until I had this, I, this realization that there is something positive, good, holy, and right about not just sex, but sexuality. Then all of a sudden, not really all of a sudden, but then my whole recovery and my whole growth took on a whole new flavor because mm-hmm. it wasn't as much about trying to get away from something 
as it was about trying to become more of what God made me already to be, if that makes sense. And so it it becomes a hopeful journey rather Mm -hmm. than just this heavy, burdensome, I'm just trying to not do bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one of the word pictures that I like to use is, you know, talk about this metaphor of sexuality, almost like it's this great masterpiece, like a great painting or a a great uh, sculptor or something like that. And a vandal has come and destroyed it, you know, sprayed paint on it or thrown something at it. And redemption means that that God is coming to restore what that masterpiece was supposed to look like. So in my heart, I always have to ask the question, am I participating in agreeing with the vandal who's trying to destroy sexuality? Or am I participating in agreeing with, with the master artist mm. who knows how to restore it? And, uh, and I have to make that choice every day based on what I look at and what I think about and how I approach my husband, how I respond to my husband. And like you're saying, when you start to realize that God is inviting you to restore this great masterpiece and to defeat Satan, you start. I get a little feisty. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want the enemy to have any more ground in my heart. You know, he's had enough ground. Uh, I want to be part of restoring with the master and with the creator. And I think uh, that's typically also when we see men get really jazzed, because a lot of times men, uh, if we if we think about it in terms of, uh, let's take, for instance, right now, just sort of the spectrum of addiction. And when you think about recovery, so many men come into recovery with almost just this defeated mentality, this idea of not only are they beaten up through their addictive behaviors, but they almost look at recovery as this this sort of weak, wimpy thing. I mean, like, hey, I've got to admit that I'm, you know, a failure, and that, and and then there's also this terrible notion out there in some recovery environments that intentionally or unintentionally promote this idea that once an addict, always an addict. Mm-hmm. And so there's this there's already this hopelessness in the environment. And so we see it so many times when a guy catches this vision, he catches this positive pursuit of something that is greater than even himself individually and has the very fingerprints and identity of God on it because he said he would make us in his image, male and female, he created us. So the idea is being male and female is part of this grand vision that God has for us bearing his image on earth. And so therefore, when a, when a man gets this idea of, I'm part of something that is like spreading this message. I'm part of something that's good. I'm part of something that's bigger than me. I'm part of something that's God-sized. A lot mm-hmm. of times that, that if I can put it this way without sounding crass or, or you know, unbiblical, it kind of appeals to the male ego. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to I be a victor. I want to be a conqueror. Now, you're saying that for you as a woman, it makes you feel feisty. So help us understand yeah. what that looks like. <laughs> from kind of the female, hey, I get to be part of something big too, because I'm just sharing it from a male's perspective and how we kind of get on board with this idea of conquering and victory and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that regard. Mm. Well, I think from a female's perspective, I see all the devastation that sex is causing around the world. And, um, you know, talk to woman after woman who has been abused and trafficked and who's caught into pornography. Uh, I see the gender confusion that we're witnessing today in our society, 
uh, you go on and just name it abortion. Um, you just think about what's happening overseas right now where girls and, and women wake up every day as sex slaves. And, and for a moment, just think about the amount of pain that sexuality represents in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think about my own children. I think about my three sons and how I wish I could raise them in a different world than I'm raising them because sex is so twisted. Then I start to feel defeated in my flesh, like this is a battle too big to win. But when I start to see this glimpse of holy sexuality and what God is inviting us to reclaim, it's like all of a sudden there's a way to go on offense. You know, there's a way not just to say, you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket and, you know, all is lost and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But actually to say, God has given me a sphere within my own home, within my own marriage, within my own community, within my own witness to say, Satan, no more. You know, you can't go any farther. You've taken enough. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, we're going to take ground back. And so I get to see, you know, every day women that their lives and their stories have been completely redeemed, that God has taken that ground back. And like Joseph said in the book of Genesis, he said what Satan intended for harm, God could even use for good. And so I get to see stories, and I know you do too, of marriages that, you know, were in ashes and it was terrible. And then now God has redeemed it. And now there's this great testimony of who God is. So... That's what I mean by feisty. You know, yeah. it's like sure, yeah, yeah. It's like we get we get a chance to defeat the enemy mm-hmm. and not always feel defeated. Well, I want to I want to ask you one more question that sort of still kind of has a little bit of a philosophical and kind of principle idea to it, and then I'd love for us to spend a little bit of time trying to just get real practical uh, for the listeners out there in terms of just some some next steps that they can take. Um, but this idea of of holy sexuality, uh, this uh, the question I'm going to ask is really related, probably more to men in the audience because what I'm about to ask you may not even make sense to a woman because we talked earlier, you know, in a previous episode about how women are like spaghetti, right? And so everything mm-hmm. is kind of interconnected. But for men, especially, I think there's a there's a delineation that is made between the act of sex and sexuality. So mm-hmm. the the act of being sexual in in an in an action having sex and then actually just being male and mm-hmm. so can you help the men in our audience understand the all-encompassing nature of what it means to be sexual because i really feel like what so many people hear when they hear talking about holy sexuality or talking men will relate that just to the act of like yeah. Oh, yeah okay so i just need to make sure i'm not looking at porn and i'm you know being really engaged with my wife how do you help men and women? There might be women out there that have some delineation there too, but how do you help us see this bigger picture of sexuality as a whole? Yeah. Well, let me just address the men here. Um, your sexuality is the only thing that will draw you into covenant love. Now, what I mean by that, uh, my oldest son is 20 years old and he's in college. He is like, the busiest kid in the world involved in everything the college has to offer in terms of sports and, you know, fraternity and grades and all that. And he's so busy, he's surrounded by people all the time. But when he was, uh, when he was visiting us over Christmas, he said to me, when we were just having a heart to heart talk, he said, 
you know, mom, when I go to bed at night, I'm just really lonely. I'm surrounded Mm -hmm. by people all day long, but I just am unsatisfied. And, you know, I, I said to him, Michael, that's, you know, God's way of telling you that you are not made to be alone. And we didn't get into sexual topics or anything, but I knew as a 20-year-old boy, a lot of that is sexual drive, that his body was made to connect with a woman. So here's a young man who could spend his whole life pursuing a career, hobbies, be busy, active, surrounded by people. But because God made him a sexual man, he's not satisfied with that. And he has this lingering reminder every night when he goes to bed, every day when he wakes up, I was not meant to be alone. And those of you who are married or have been married, you know that there was this this sexual drive that you had uh, that made you connect with a woman, um, you know, physically, emotionally. You couldn't stop thinking about her. You were willing to sacrifice for her because covenant love will always require sacrifice. And there has to be a motivation for that sacrifice. A lot of that motivation is in our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the expression of sexuality. It's the pleasure that comes from sexuality. It's the spiritual sense of being able to share yourself completely and vulnerably with another person that a friendship will never truly satisfy. Um, so when you look at that bigger picture that if it weren't for sexuality, men could just pursue their dreams and never be reminded to pursue a sacrificial type of love um, that creates children, which will demand even more sacrifice from you. Because of your sexuality, in some ways, you are compelled to start living out the gospel and to know what it is to give your life for another person because of love. Um, so, you know, that's a short answer that that involves a lot, but it gives kind of this bigger picture of why sexuality is so central to us understanding the gospel. And unfortunately, I think one of the things that we've done in our culture, and I'm not talking about just the secular culture, but even within our churches, is that there is this mentality that sexuality is relegated to this very, for this very narrow expression of simply intercourse. Mm-hmm. And that, that idea that there's not this whole, this bigger picture of, do you realize that, uh, you know, I'm talking to the men out there, you know, do you realize that what you say to your wife and how you look at her and how you express feelings and thoughts and 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 conversation with her is every bit as part of your expression of sexuality mm-hmm. <laughs> as when you were being physically intimate. And yeah. and so many times again guys make this disconnect of like, you know, it really doesn't matter um what I'm doing in this conversational compartment with with my wife because later on we'll jump into the sexual compartment and then I can be sexual with her and it's like there's there's just we don't understand the reality that maleness and femaleness is not something that gets turned on or off based on environment it's mm-hmm. like whether you are single or married or you know whatever else in whatever context you're still male or female and so I think there's this there's this bridge that kind of needs to be gapped that real that we realize sexuality is part of how we live life. And yeah. in our culture, we've narrowed it so much to sexual acts mm-hmm. that we don't understand the fuller, more beautiful picture of this idea of holy sexuality that is, um, you know, I, my, my sister has, has, does a great job with her students. She's a teacher and she's a teacher of middle schoolers. 
and she's always talking to the boys about are you, where have you offered your strength today mm-hmm. and she's always talking to the girls about the idea where have you expressed true beauty today and so mm-hmm. this idea of kind of putting those two things together that is sexuality i mean that yeah, that's it a, is. even with junior hires in a very appropriate pure holy way you can begin to get girls and boys understanding what this is about in just their interactions with one another. Mm-hmm. Is that girl, is that eighth grade girl, is she expressing true beauty to mm-hmm. that boy across there? Or is she giving some kind of false representation of what beauty is all about by trying to show herself as something as an object? Mm-hmm. Is that boy, is he offering real strength to the girls in the class without ulterior motives you know, mm-hmm. so there's just this idea of sexuality going beyond um, just the act. I wanted yeah. to see if you could help our listeners with just some next steps. I mean, we've got people out there, you know, you talk about having the bigger picture of holy sexuality, but then everybody's got their own presenting issues, right? Yeah. So how do you help people take just whatever their next step needs to be towards engaging that holy sexuality? Hmm. You know, I think a good next step for most of the people listening is tearing down the wall that you've built between your sexuality and your spirituality. Um, So let me just throw it out there. Have you ever prayed about your sexual relationship with your wife? Have you ever prayed and confessed to a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ about your sexual struggle and asked for accountability? Have you ever looked at the scripture and really asked the Lord, you know, what does your word have to say about my sexuality? And, you know, there are Bible studies we've created for women. I know resources you've created for men that help make that connection. But I think one of the biggest mistakes we make uh, as individuals and as married couples is at some level this deep-rooted belief that God wants nothing to do with our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a married couple, do you regularly thank God for sexual intimacy? Do you get on your knees together and just say, Lord, you know, we're about to have fun together. Would you just bless this? And would you help us to think pure thoughts? Would you help us just enjoy the fullness of what you've created? And some people are listening and saying that would just be strange. It would be strange because you've believed a lie. Uh, you believe the lie that your your sexual compartment and your spiritual compartment are supposed to be separated, whereas the Word of God says, in fact, they should be so integrated that one informs the other. So regardless of the difficulty, again, whether it's trauma or abuse or it's betrayal or it's difficulty in marriage, when you begin to invite God truly into uh, into your sexuality and asking Him to redeem that sexuality, He's going to answer that prayer, and he'll show you what some of those next steps might be for your particular situation. Yeah, and I'm so sorry that we're out of time now, Julie, but I do want to at least give you an opportunity to share with the listeners again where they can go to get some of your resources and get connected with your ministry. Uh, So where can our listeners go to get more information uh, about your ministry? Yeah, you can go to our website, AuthenticIntimacy.com, and you'll see all kinds of resources there, podcasts and studies, and follow us on social media and all the normal channels, but it's AuthenticIntimacy.com. Well, Julie, thanks so much for being with us, and while our time here is is done, I I certainly hope this isn't the uh, last time we have you on uh, the podcast, because I think what you have to offer is extremely valuable, so thanks for being with us. Well, thanks. I really enjoyed it. 
And listeners, we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to having you back here next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.